Jesus wise. I know we're in church. We're in a church of Jesus Christ. We must say Jesus was and is and always will be wise. And in saying so, we speak the truth. But I wonder if we were given a blind resume this morning. No name at the top. Just going to describe a few aspects of Jesus' life. And at the end, I need you to check wise or unwise. No name. And we talked about just a few things that we know about Jesus and the life of Jesus. Without that name, you heard, uh, this was a man who didn't always have a place to live. In fact, it's one of the things he said about himself. No place to lay my head. Uh, This was a man who was consistently misunderstood, mischaracterized in a way that we tend to say, well, wisdom would help. Uh, This was a man who constantly chose, sometimes seemingly instigated conflict with powerful people in their backyard on the most holy of days. This was someone who who spoke truth to power in a way that we all respect, but he spoke truth to power. Someone who had enough power, a position who could have freed him. A man who was, in the end, executed. Was he wise? Well... It depends. It depends on how we define wisdom. If wisdom is about mitigating risk and maximizing return, we're going to struggle to label this man, this one, as wise. Now, now you need to know, and I want to be emphatically clear, I believe Jesus is Wise, the epitome of wisdom. But this is a wisdom that will not always look like winning. Maybe that's why the brother of Jesus, as he nears the end of this letter, says, you need to know that faithful will often not appear successful. And don't you know, if anyone had a front row seat to speak this truth, it would be the brother of Jesus, the one who held not only his own grief and confusion and disorientation, but that of the entire family, that holy Saturday. James wants to remind us that faithful will not always appear as successful. And perhaps that's why he points us to the people that he does here as he nears the end of the letter. The farmer who waits patiently. The prophets and Job. The farmer, the prophets, and Job prompted me to to remember what Jesus said about the prophets. Prompted me to go on a run through Hebrews 11, that hall of faith, to remember some of those iconic names and prophets, the people that we respect. 
And as I went on a run through Hebrews 11, I got stuck in the first name, Abel. Abel. You remember the Abel? He was wise, certainly. He was faithful. He's held up. But Abel was axed by his brother, Abraham. Abraham, the father of many nations. But the Hebrew writer reminds us he was an immigrant who lived in a tent for years and years and years. Faithful will often not look successful. Abel and Abraham and men and women who were literally tortured. Faithful does not always look successful. And that's why the word that James leaves us with is not dominance. It's endurance. Look how we honor those who have practiced endurance. You ever wish you could interview someone? Someone who's no longer with us. Someone from your past. Someone from the text. I wish I could interview Job. James points us to Job to say, Job, Job, how'd you do it? How'd you hang on? When literally everyone around you was telling you to confess and shut up. Withdraw your complaint. Confess the sin you say you didn't commit and shut up. Just sit down. Stop this. Literally everyone in his life. Job, how did you, how did you keep going? As I held that question this week, I was prompted to remember these words from the book of Job. Maybe you remember them too. Job 19. Job, how did you hold on? I don't know if this is the one answer he would give first, but this is what came to mind. For I know that my Redeemer lives. That in the end he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side. And my eyes shall behold not another, my heart faints within. I know. Now this statement, this quote from Job creates more questions than jeopardy. I mean, what did, what did he mean by this? Did he mean what I think he means? And how does this fit in the larger story? And we'll leave those questions for another day. But today what I hear in Job's voice is a belief trust that what is happening now will not be forever. What's happening right now is not forever, and it's enough to make you want to sing, isn't it? I know that my Redeemer lives. Job knows that what is happening right now, whatever it is, and however hard it is, not just that it feels like, but it is, it is not forever, and that God, God will get the last word. God is going to get the last word. You see, that's what everyone in the final chapter of James needed to be reminded. It's what the wealthy people forgot. 
those wealthy people who would never pay anyone a living wage, they forgot that God is going to get the last word. The God who hears the cries of those workers, God is going to get the last word. James then addresses brothers and sisters who are struggling, struggling, stumbling forward. Says, don't forget, God is going to get the last word, and our God is full of mercy. Don't you start complaining against each other, because our God is full of mercy. So, you, you, you need to know when you are tempted to take things into your own hands that the coming of the Lord is close. I, I, I believe we need this message desperately today because we end up enrolled in a course that we don't remember signing up for. I don't remember signing up to practice endurance say, well, how, how did I get in this course? It matters because our story so often gets co-opted by a culture of up and to the right. What we believe misguided ideas about being successful. We believe the lie as old as Job's friends that if we are suffering, we are sinning. That if we are not wealthy, then we are not wise. That if we are not growing, we are not godly. And James says, no, no, no. Remember. Remember the prophets. When you are tempted to take things into your own hands, when you are seduced by those lies, remember the farmer who waits patiently, not passively, but patiently for the rain when it is early and when it is late. Remember the prophets. Remember our brother Job. And will you remember our brother Jesus? See, that's what's on the other side of Hebrews 11. It's Hebrews 12. After the hall of faith, we're told to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who in what? Endured the cross. Disregarding the shame. He endured the cross. And James says... When you are struggling, when you're stumbling, when you're tempted to think this will be forever, it will never get better, you need to remember that God is going to get the last word. Oh, it may look and feel and taste like this for a long time, but you need to know that God, our God, our God who is full of compassion and mercy is going to get the last word. So this morning, I say to those of you who are struggling, stumbling, wondering, is it going to be like this forever? Remember the prophets. Remember our brother Job. Remember our brother Jesus. And may we live today knowing the rain will come. Even if it's late, the rain will come, and our God will get the last word. Amen.
Because he 